Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Stand at the crossroads and look, ask for the good path. Ask for where the ancient path is. That's interesting, isn't it? Ask for the ancient paths. Not ask for the progressive new paths. Ask for the ancient paths and then walk in it. There's a bit of confusion around at the moment, isn't there? Confusion about what we're meant to do, how we're meant to be out in public, what we're, what we're allowed to do and what we're not allowed to do, what's permitted and what isn't, what's banned, what's prohibited, what is frowned upon. I don't know what is right anymore. Like, it's changing week by week. I'm talking about COVID. Come on. Like, the, some of you got masks on and the rest of you don't. What's wrong with us? Some of us have, hey? Do you feel uncomfortable wearing a mask or not wearing a mask? doesn't matter. It's there for a reason. But what is God saying at the moment? The world is saying that we've got to act a certain way. We've got to do things a certain way. But what is God actually calling us into? Because there's way too much confusion around at the moment. People are confused about everything. To be honest, I can feel this sense that people are looking for what is firm, what is bedrock, what is foundation. Honestly, what is truth? Because there is so much, um, oh, how, how do you put it? There, there's just so much opinion going around, opinion going around about how we need to do things. And we've got states shutting borders. We've got cities shutting suburbs. We've got Mildura just doing what we're told. Or not. <laughs> but confusion, last Sunday night, um, we sat down, we were... I wanted to watch 60 Minutes because there was an interesting article coming on there. And I, I wanted to watch it, but they, for some reason they put it on really late. And I was like getting angry with them. And then when it turned up, I was like, okay, finally. And yeah, it's foreign accent syndrome. Who's heard of this? Yep. Some of you watched 60 Minutes. Some of you were just in the meeting before. So not showing off at all, are we? <laughs> But foreign accent syndrome, and we were talking about it during the week. Had a beautiful gentleman come around and prune my trees for me. Thank you, Phil Sheehan. And, um, and we were talking about this article that was on 60 Minutes, and there was this young Japanese-Australian girl that woke up one morning after going to bed with a headache, and she woke up with an Irish accent. And not only an accent, she, she had all the inflections that went along with it. And she just started speaking like this, and she's on TikTok going, what is wrong with me? Somebody tell me what's going on in my mind. Am I, 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 cannot, sp I cannot speak properly. <laughs> and she's, she's say, talking like this, and people are just saying, that's rubbish. You're just faking this. That's not real. And this poor girl cannot go back to her Aussie accent. When she tries, it just sounds wrong. It sounds like an Irish person trying to put on an Aussie accent. And who knows, no one can do a proper Aussie accent. We can do Italian. We can, <laughs> sorry, we were talking about this the other night, just different accents. So she meets another girl who had this same issue. But this other Aussie girl was in mid-sentence. She had a migraine. She's in mid-sentence. And then the next thing that comes out of her mouth is Irish. And she's like, what the heck is that? And she says, something's not right. Oh, who said that? You know, like, and we started talking about this. And it takes me back, because imagine waking up one morning and you're speaking another language, because this has happened as well. 
people have had an injury or a trauma in their life and woken up speaking a foreign language, not just an accent, but a foreign language. Now, just so you know, I want to give you the full picture here. Every language has this. It's not just the English language because you can have accents in English language. I've never heard an accent in another language because I don't speak another language. I speak bits and pieces of it. Like if I, if I said to you, Mungwananimamukase, oh, actually, oh yeah, yeah, still before 12 o'clock, so it's all right. Or oh, Nihao, Nihao Mai. Some of you know what I'm saying. How are you? Good morning, you know. Um, um, I'm trying to think of the, the, um, the Filipino. I, it's gone. It's gone. That's so annoying. I'm trying to remember it. It won't come into my head. That's all right. Ah, my own butag. Yes. And then my own hapun and my own gabai. Ah, now I've got it. Thank you very much. I say that with very much of an Aussie accent. I assume, but maybe I don't. But it happens in every language that people have foreign accent syndrome. So my father and I were talking about this and we were saying, isn't this amazing that this is because when the Tower of Babel was being built, um, they said, oh, let's build this thing and let's make it really big. It was the biggest building that you could ever imagine. Just, just think of the biggest mall or the biggest building, the biggest um, pyramid that you've ever seen. And it was bigger than that. because, And it wasn't just a small base like we build them now. It would have been enormous. It would have been a mountain of a building that they were constructing. And it was so significant, so prominent that God says, hey, unity can do incredible things, but they're doing it. These people are doing it all for their own benefit. Not only that, they're saying, hey, let's build this. Let's build a skyscraper and up to the heavens and we'll be like gods. Yeah. That deception comes in that when you elevate yourself, you're a God. You're above other people and other things and you can just make decisions for yourself. God says, that's not good for these people because they get distracted really easy and they just want to go off and do really bad things. This naughtiness that has snuck into them just is prevalent. You know we have naughtiness in us. It's in us. And, and God actually identifies it so that we need to deal with it. But the language, he said, we're going to confuse them. Now, he didn't say we'll go and give them different languages. He says we'll confuse their language. So we have a language um, ability in our brains to speak different languages. If you untap it, if you uncap it, if you harvest it and mine it, you will be able to speak multiple languages. Believe it or not, there are people on the planet that can speak three, four, five, six different languages. I remember being driven through Central Park in New York by a guy from Berlin, a backpacker from Berlin, who's telling us the history of New York. They live there. They live there. That building costs this much. Going around in Central Park, and he's asking about Australia. He was a great wealth of knowledge. And then he asked, so how many languages do you speak? Well, in Australia, we barely speak one. We've adopted the English language and turned it into Australian. It is no longer what it used to be. So as we're having this discussion about this, you know, what actually happened and what happens to people, we have this ability to adopt an accent if we want. Or we, so it's in us. Phil was sitting there and he's going, really? Did that? So 
Phil then goes, okay, if you're telling me this is what happens, because he had a friend, the, another manager in a company that he worked for, that had an accident on the work site and fell and smashed their head really seriously. When he woke up, he spoke a Scottish accent. He had a Scottish accent. And Phil's going, I thought the guy was an idiot. I thought that he was faking it. And to the day he died, this guy kept up with the Scottish accent. So our language is so important. Language is just sounds. Words written on paper are just strokes that we have combined together and we understand one another because of strokes and sounds. Those sounds, I could take a, a, e, o, a and move, put them all together and we could make statements out of them. Take vowels and consonants. We can make statements out of them that you understand. You can understand the noises coming out my mouth right now. Well, 95% of you can. The other I can't communicate with. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> I'm way below your level of intellect. I'll, I'll try and smarten it up for you. Now, there's two languages that we, read the, we need to read the Bible with. And I, I'm reading a book at the moment that has really made me aware of how far we are from the language of creation. There is the language of creation, and then there's the language of observation. They are primarily the two languages that we have in the planet today. You might say, well, what about all the other languages? Yeah, 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 yeah. These are primary root level languages, the language of creation and the language of of observation. Now, the language of observation is science. It's the science, mechanical, it's the base mechanical way that we look at the world. The, the language of observation looks at everything and says, what's it made up of and what can it do? That's it. We look at it and we say, okay, what is rooibos? Rooibos, it's a red bush. That's what rooibos means in Afrikaans, isn't it? See, who said I can't speak Afrikaans? God is good. Is that good? God is good. Sounds just like gibberish, doesn't it? God is good. See, the South Africans here know, yes, amen. The rest of you go, you're clearing your throat? That's how sounds can change from different languages. I always, no. This Irishman came up to me and he says, hey, laddie, I, I want to know the, the quickest way to Red Cliffs. And I said, are you driving or walking? And he says, I, I'm driving. And I said, well, that's the quickest way. <laughs> well done, sir. I salute that and I subscribe to your newsletter. Have a look at Genesis for me if you can. Genesis 3, I want to pull up. So the language of creation, the language of observation just says, what is it made up of? So rooibos, it's a red bush. What's it good for? What can you do with it? Well, you can make tea out of it. And it's a re actually really nice tea. It's quite a delicious tea. It's a little bit different to others, but it's got that red bush flavor. No caffeine, lots of antioxidants. It's brilliant for you. But if we just looked at it like that, we would then break everything down to just nutrition or whatever. And some people look at that like food. Food is meant to be enjoyed. Food is, but if you just look at it as fuel, as nutrition, you break it down into nutritional building box. We have a puppy at the moment, and they were feeding him dry food, kibble. 
So they said, don't mess up his diet yet. Keep him feeding him kibble. So we're feeding him kibble, and I look up just to see what it's made up of. Now, I don't want to destroy anyone's hopes in the dog food industry or anything like that, but they use proteins that are actual proteins because what's it made up of? Well, this is protein, so we'll put it into this dog food, but the dogs can't digest it because it's taken from a source that is undigestible for dogs. So even though it says it's got protein in it, they can't digest it. So we just say, what's it made up of and what can it do? Well, that's protein, so it can do this, but it doesn't do that. It doesn't fulfill that objective. Now, the language of creation is, what's its purpose? What's its meaning? When we, when we look through the eyes of creation, when we look through the eyes of how God formed everything and made everything, it's what purpose is it? Does it have? What's, what's its meaning? And what truth does it reveal? So when we read scripture, we need to actually look at things and look at creation around us. Because the word of God says that no one can look at creation with a creative language mindset and say, there is no God. Because it, it must look at it and say, there is truth everywhere and there is purpose and meaning and design everywhere. Someone must have started this because it couldn't have just happened. So when we read scripture, we need to look at it not from the perspective of what's it made up of and what's it good for, but what truth does it reveal and what's its purpose? So from the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, a heavenly perspective and an earthly perspective. So heaven is, is meaning, it's purpose, but it has no form. Earth is meaningless, but is an expression of the supernatural because we we are a reflection of heaven. We are meant to be heaven, bring heaven on earth. We are made in God's image. In the image of God, man was made. It says it twice. Man, humans, were made in God's image. In the image of God, we were made. Why? Because Adam was this union between heavenlies and the earth. So to bring together, to bring heaven on earth, Adam carried that anointing, that promise, and also that responsibility to bring heaven on earth. His words were so important. So much so that when God made all the animals, said, let the earth spring forth animals, and he brought them to Adam for him to name. So whatever Adam saw, he proclaimed over that animal. It wasn't just, oh, that's a dog, or that's a cat. God didn't bring him in and say, right, here we go. Start off with it. This is an aardvark. We're starting at the beginning of the alphabet, AA, <laughs> aardvark, and then we go on to um, uh, ants, armadillos, there's lots in between, but it, he didn't do that, he brought them to Adam, so Adam could proclaim what he saw, and everything that he named it, it was, it was, there was something powerful about it, so I want to tell you, words are so powerful. We are not meant to be confused with our words or our interpretation of words, but we need to have the right definitions to go with it. That's why I love looking at what words mean in the Bible. It gives me a larger perspective than just my observational mindset. And to be honest, we do a lot of observational stuff in our life. But I want to know what it was behind the language that God created the universe. And it's not just a special hidden language. It's actually eyes open, ears open to what God says and what God does. So he made everything and he formed it and everything was good in the beginning. And then he released man. <laughs> then man messed it all up. 
there's so much, um, yeah, it, it, it's really hard unless you study um, Genesis to grasp fully everything that's in there. Not everything is what it says it is in there. And it's not because, oh, they've lost the meaning of it. No, no, no. The meaning's just been hidden. It's, it's for people that want to seek it out. If you read it, you'll go, well, that's a fanciful little story. It's not a story. It's a record of events that were given to Moses under the inspiration of God that he stepped it all out because he understood the language of what's its purpose, what's its meaning, and what truth does it reveal. And I keep saying that because we need to change our discernment. We need to change the way that we think because at the moment we're being told a lot of stuff, a lot of opinions, a lot of, a lot of um, yeah, stuff that's going on in the planet at the moment. And I just want to use those references. What's its purpose and what truth does it reveal? Because a, a lot of opinions and a lot of things that are hitting the charts at the moment with concern in a lot of people's lives actually have no substance to them. They're just fear-mongering. I remember when we were put down into our second or third lockdown. I don't know, the one that we just had. Third, third, fourth. Who's counting, right? And I was being told from multiple sources that we had a case in Mildura. There was a case in Mildura of COVID. And I'm like, really? How? Whoa. So I'm looking on the, all the websites and news things saying, looking for the case... People were telling me everywhere, there's a case in Muldura, there's a case in Muldura. And they were acting like there was a case in Muldura and they were washing, they were doing all these different things, which you should do anyway, okay? Wearing the mask, like, which you should do anyway. I'm not taking away from that. But there was no case in Muldura. Fear-mongering can spread like wildfire. The truth, you've got to dig that up. You've got to mine that out of hard ground. But rumor, innuendo, and opinions, and lies, and fear-mongering, woo, woo, you're like ducking them all the time. Where are they coming from? But truth, truth, you need to go looking for. Truth isn't just going to land in your lap. You actually need to be hungry for it. We were praying this morning about appetites that our appetites would change for not the information and the opinion of this world, but our appetite would change to hunger and thirst after stand at the crossroads, take a look, ask for where the ancient paths are. Ancient? Isn't that archaic? Isn't, aren't the ancient ways, aren't they like old-fashioned and worn out? Aren't they like just pulleys and ropes and what else is old? Rocks. We used rocks and ropes and pulleys. That's all the world had back then. Whereas we have technology today. We're so smart today. Do you know how dumb we are today compared to the ancient days? We, there, are, there are empires and cultures that we'll never know of because I've now passed away that had incredible technologies. I, I remember seeing on one of the, the useless notes of Zimbabwe, was it the $500 million note? It's not probably. And it had the, the Zimbabwean ruins. And I think it was found back in the 1500s. And it was ruins back in the 1500s when they discovered it. They don't know who built this. But it was this massive city of potentially a million people. It was a ramp city. It was around. It was just astounding. That's a culture that we don't know about. They were not idiots back then they had plumbing do you know the Egyptians actually had batteries 
potentially the pyramids were giant batteries that glowed in the dark through the quartz that was put over them. And inside, people have walked through them going, this does not feel like a tomb. It feels like a machine. And Edison, here we go. I'm, I'm going to give it all to you this morning. Edison was up on top of the Great Pyramid of Giza, and he was talking about how he believed that these were actually conductors and they absorbed electricity from the atmosphere. And, like, and, and the guy that's with him is just going, no way, no way. So he makes a crude battery. Now, you can make a crude battery. He had a wine bottle. He filled it up with water. He, he wet a newspaper around it. I don't understand it, but that is actually, that can hold a charge. He holds up this wet newspaper and bottle full of water and sparks, he's on the top of the pyramid, sparks start shooting out the top of this, this bottle. The guy that's with him starts going, witchcraft, sorcery. He runs over to stop him from doing it. Boom! Gets hit by an electric shock, gets blown back, knocked out and comes to, quite a few minutes later, speaking a foreign language. No, 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 really. <laughs> Don't try and get me to tell you a cohesive story. Ask for where the ancient paths are and then walk in that. That's the good way. That's the good way. There's so many good ideas nowadays, but there's only one good way. That's Jesus. The ancient paths point towards Jesus. Everything in Scripture points towards Jesus. When you look at it through the eyes of what purpose does it have and what truth does it reveal, the Old Testament, Israel, all their struggles and everything point to Jesus. It all points to Jesus. Everything refers to Jesus. The only reason that Israel was special, because Jesus was coming through them. They still think they're special today. No, they haven't identified Jesus yet. One day it's going to happen because Revelation says that the eyes will be taken off. Sorry, the, the scales will be taken off the eyes of Israel and they will see who they truly are. Woo! Imagine when that happens. So God created the heavens and the earth, and man was the union. He was the wisdom. He was the co combination of the knowledge of heaven and the understanding brought through because he was made from dust. He was made from the earth. Everything on this planet come from the earth. God said, you know, let the, let the earth give forth vegetation, and it did. Let the, let the sea spring forth animals. Let the, let the, the birds fly. And they all did. Wouldn't that be awesome to see? What sort of movie would that be like? We go, ah, that's fanciful. That doesn't make sense. No, not by our, our observation mindset, but with the creation mindset, with a creation language, it's really important. There's two things that I want to say today, apart from all the things that I have said. During worship this morning, I, I had it, I just had the Holy Spirit say, when Jesus anointed the, the disciples and said, go out, and he said, and in your going, heal the sick, raise the dead, and tell people the kingdom of heaven is near you. The kingdom of heaven has come near you. Now, through our mind of observation and language of observation, we think that it's about a distance thing. We think that it's actually about the parameters of how close we are physically to it. But that's not how the kingdom of heaven works. The kingdom of heaven actually is near you when you are hungry for it. The kingdom of heaven is near you when you have eyes to, to look for it and ears to look for it. The kingdom of heaven, see, Scripture says that God's eyes roam across the whole planet looking for those 
whose hearts, not actions, not behaviour, whose hearts are committed to him, whose hearts have been consecrated like, oh, you are, I'm going after you, God. That's where I'm going. I'm going after you. Hallelujah. So the kingdom of heaven has come near. I just want to pray for you at the moment. Father, I just thank you for your presence here right now. Holy Spirit, you've been poured out on all flesh. That's the promise. It's been proclaimed. You are the spirit of truth, the spirit of help, the spirit of nurture, the spirit of comfort, the spirit of peace. I thank you, Holy Spirit, for your presence, your authority, your truth in each life here, in each family here, in each marriage, in each household. That we wouldn't be running just on observation, but we would be running from the heartbeat that you set in creation. That we would stop when we stand at a crossroads and we would look for where you are, Father. We would understand where you are and then we'd walk in your way. I thank you right now for those that are drawing near to you because you draw near to us. Your, your promises are great and your faithfulness is to all generations. Father, I thank you for this week where you're going to speak through your spirit. People are going to hear you. Thank you for eyes opening. Thank you for ears opening. Thank you for hearts understanding. In Jesus' name, amen. The second thing is, curious about this whole thing about the curse. And I was just looking at it. Well, after after um, Eve was deceived and Adam disobeyed, because Adam was told, don't eat. He passed that on to Eve. Eve was just deceived, but Adam disobeyed. And that's where the fall took place. And God says, because you've done this, you've brought a curse on you and a curse on the whole planet. If you go right through it, it says that creation is groaning, that everything is decaying. Even the laws of thermodynamics show us that, whereas evolution tries to tell us we're going from chaos to order. The laws of thermodynamics tell us that we are going from order to chaos. We are actually, everything's running out. Scripture tells us that. If you read it, it, it's so obvious. But the thing is, God says the ground is now, this is in Genesis 3, um, verse 17. The ground is now under a curse because of you. In sorrow, you shall eat the fruit of it all the days of your life. So in sorrow and in toil, you shall eat. So you'll be able to nourish yourself all the days of your life. But it's through struggle. It's through having to work. You're not just going to walk along and pick some fruit and have it all there. You're going to have to work for it. And it says, both thorns and thistles shall grow for you. It shall grow for you. That means a harvest and also of thorns. Harvest of fruit, harvest of grain, and harvest of thorns. Can't get away from it, can you, Phil? They just come. And you shall eat the plants of the field, and by the sweat of your face you shall be nourished until you return to the ground, because from dust you were made, and dust you shall return. This is quoted when we, at, at funerals, ashes to ashes, dust to dust, and, and all that. I usually get guys ask me, do you do the ashes? And I go, no, we just, we speak the words of Jesus here because this isn't just a death. This is a, a glorious transformation. This is a glorious promotion in our lives because to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
But while we're on the earth, we're part of the earth. The earth is in us, but we are made in the image of God. We are meant to bring heaven to earth. We are the representation of God here on earth. We have authority here on earth. We have responsibility. We've just got a new little puppy. I am God to him. So I should be. No, I am God to him because when I pray for him, I can feel the presence of God. So we brought our dog here today. We can't leave him at home at the moment because he's in that bitey, bitey, rip up, rip up stage. So Kylie had him in my office. Then she went in there and he's behind my um, fridge and there's a mouse bait behind the fridge. And she's like, I think he might have eaten some mouse bait. And I said, he'll be right. I'll just pray for him. He'll be right. Kylie's threatened. She's taken him to the vet now. He's, he's being injected with a, something to make him throw up. Poor little puppy. Oh, what have we got? He's emptied the corner. They couldn't see any green stuff. That's good. Exactly what I said. Just everyone say, you should have listened to Steve and Kylie. You know, like, you just made that dog vomit for no reason. <laughs> Till oil. We have actually, there's a curse on the planet now that mankind brought here because we are meant to be God here on earth. Not gods as in that, but we are the representation of God here on earth. We are the reflection of God here on earth. And we're meant to bring harmony. We're meant to bring order. We're meant to bring process and fruit. We're actually meant to do all these good things. And unfortunately, we mess it up because we say, what's it made up of and what's it good for instead of looking deeper into what God has revealed. Not only do we have to till the soil to get food, to live, but we are made of soil. We are continually needing to till the soil of our life. Our life will produce a harvest, but it will produce thorns and thistles as well. Our life will be full of water and, and just so, um, yeah, just so fluid at times and then at other times barren and dry. But we need to know what God is doing in those seasons. And it's not because, oh, I'm in a dry place, then God's not with me. Because you might think, I'm in a flood and God's not with me. The basis of that understanding isn't on what you're going through. It's what God is saying. No matter what we're going through, we need to be continually tilling the soil of our life to bring forth a good harvest, to bring forth good things. I can tell you now, I can get some bitter things out of my soil. I could get some nasty things out of my soil. If I really ponder on it and think about it long enough, I can, my, I can start making up stories that will just infect your perspective in life. But I don't want to infect your perspective in life with the bitterness and the hardships and, and things in my life. I want to encourage you on the good things in life and the goodness of life. So I keep tilling the soil of my life. I've seen people do this through to when they die. And I admire it that they are continually tilling the soil of their life, no matter what's going on. And they're continually pointing towards God and saying, He's good. He's good. No matter what I'm going through, He's good. He's good. And they're continually just assessing the soil, building up. When you, when you don't have, like, I don't have a word. My soil doesn't have a word from God. Then I go and seek a word from God. And, I, and I, if you are, if you, if you position yourself to hear from God, do you know what happens? The Word speaks. The Word speaks. 
The Word of God is alive and it is powerful. It is active. A sword out of its sheath is called active. When you take a sword out of the scabbard, it's in rest and then it's active. Scripture says the Word of God is alive. It is active. It is out of its sheath, ready to go. It's not still. It's alive. It is breathing and it brings life and breath. It, not only that, but it can sever off those things that we don't need in our life. It's great to till your soil with that. Don't use Twitter to till your soil. Don't use Instagram to till your soil. Don't use Facebook to till your soil. Only use your bio, like the Bibles in your phones for getting direction. Don't use it for anything else. This is a horrible God. Horrible, good servant, terrible God. Great servant in your life, terrible God. Terrible master. Till the soil. That's all I've got to say today. Till the soil and the kingdom of heaven is near. We're expecting, because we have faith and we're trusting God. And we're expecting that we're coming into a season. And I was blown away. Last week, Kylie and I spoke a message um, here. And I, I loved how she brought it out. It was just beautiful. Bethel, Chris Valaton spoke a very similar message only a few hours later when they had church over there as well. And you just go, what is God saying to the planet at the moment? God's moved. He's shifted. He's done something. And we're now catching up to what He's done so that we can ride that wave and move with Him. Can you stand with me? Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the soil of our life. We are all placed in a sphere of influence on this planet. You might think, I don't have a ministry. I don't have anything. I don't influence anybody. Yes, you do. Yes, you do. You have a sphere of influence where you can be that representative of God showing meaning, purpose, and truth, revealing truth in those atmospheres. So, Father, I just thank you for each individual here this morning. Guys, I just want you to position. This isn't the end of the service. This is just our time together here right now. Just position yourself because God is wanting to speak to each one of us. He's wanting us to have an encounter with His Holy Spirit that energizes us and lifts us and gives us a heavenly perspective so we can run through troops, leap over walls and be full of the purpose of God. Father, we just position ourselves right now to hear what you are speaking through your Spirit to the church at this moment. Father, I thank you for the soil in our life. May your kingdom come and may your will be done here in the soil of our life. Holy Spirit, show us when we need to till the soil. Show us when it's getting hard. Show us when it's getting rocky or full of thorns and, and, and thistles and stuff. Father, show us where the good soil is as well so we can continually be saying, yes, that's, that's good, that's good, that's good. I need the rest being like that. Father, I thank you for your Holy Spirit speaking and I thank you for ears to hear for eyes to see and hearts to understand what you are saying in this season, in this time of transformation. Oh, thank you, Lord, for the metamorphosis that takes place in our lives. Don't conform to the pattern of this world, but be metamorphosized. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you'll be able to know what God's will is. Father, I thank you for your word. I, I just ask for a cementing of truth in each life here. Oh, have your way, mighty God. Have your way. Have your way. We are listening, Father. So we just say, speak. Your servant hears. 
Let's agree on that this morning. Who agrees in Jesus' Name? Amen. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about service times or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.